0: But the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. The
1: Gospel of the Lord. Greetings, One Fellowship family and friends. Pastor Paul here, and I am so excited to dive in to the Gospel of John with you today. But before we begin, would you bow your heads with me as I share a brief word of prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. And in the oldest prayer of the church, I pray, come, Holy Spirit, come, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, the title of my message today is The Power in the Person. And I'd like to begin with this question. Have you ever forgotten something really important. Last Sunday, my parents celebrated their 52nd wedding anniversary. Uh, Happy anniversary, Gigi and Papa. And my parents have been hunkered down at Sanibel Island during the COVID crisis. Have any of you ever been to Sanibel Island before? It's a beautiful spot. Well, here's how their anniversary morning went. After breakfast, my mom turned to my dad and she said, Stephen, you know what? We're becoming feeble. He says, feeble? She says, yes, feeble. You know what we need to do today, right? We need to go down to the ocean and take a dip and exercise a little to strengthen our bones and our muscles. Get your bathing suit on and get up and let's get going. To which my dad replied, Georgiana, there are sharks in the water before 9 a.m. I'm not going to go down before 9 a.m. And my mom then replies, Stephen, when's the last time you heard of a shark attack on Sanibel Island? That's nonsense. Nonetheless, my dad, being a principled man, said, Georgiana, I'll go at 9 a.m. Well, then my mom goes on to tell me that she got everything ready. She got the towels ready. She got the floaty noodles, yes, kids' floaty noodles ready. She got the bug spray ready for the no and she got the sunscreen ready. And then, you know, she already, she got in the vehicle, their little Volkswagen Bug convertible, their Volkswagen Beetle, and started heading to the beach. And she got to the first four-way stop, and, and she, she looked around, and she goes, I know I'm forgetting something. What am I forgetting? I've got the noodles. I've got the towels, the, the sprays. What am I forgetting? What am I missing? Oh, my gosh, I'm missing Stephen. You see, my mom, in all of her hurry, had forgotten my dad." As we enter a new season in a new school year, we all have so many things on our minds and our hearts right now, don't we? What are my days gonna look like? What are my friendships gonna look like? What's my job gonna look like? And if we're not careful, we may just take off in some direction, like my mom, and leave behind the very thing or person who's most vital To us, most vital to our well being. And that's why I'm so excited to crack open the Gospel of John with you as we enter this new season. You see, from the opening chapter to its closing chapter, there's a central figure who we dare not miss, there's a central figure who we dare not leave behind. So whether you are exploring the Christian faith or seasoned in your faith journey, I invite you to join us not just today, but in the coming months to draw close to the very one in whom the Bible says all the promises of God find their yes. And this leads me to the big idea from the opening pages of the Gospel of John. The very power that set the earth spinning and the stars glittering is the very person who came to redeem you and me. And his name is Jesus. The very power that set the earth spinning and the stars glittering is the very person who came to redeem you and me. And his name is Jesus. Point one, Jesus is the very power that set the earth spinning and stars glittering. Have you ever looked up at the sky and wondered how many stars are actually up there in the sky? How many stars are in the universe? According to an article in Live Science, quote, one way to get at this number is to figure out the average number of stars in a typical galaxy and multiply that by the estimated number of galaxies in the universe. Deep field images from the Hubble Space Telescope suggest there are 10 times more galaxies in the universe than scientists previously thought, with about, catch this, with about 2 trillion galaxies in total. According to a study published by uh, Christopher Consulis a professor of astrophysics at the University of Nottingham in the UK along with his colleagues. And there are 100 million estimated stars that inhabit the average galaxy according to one of the best estimates. The article goes on to say, multiplying the number of galaxies, which is about 2 trillion, by the 100 million stars in the galaxy suggests there could be about 10 raised by the 20th power stars in the universe. But this could easily be a factor of 10 higher. Thus, according to researchers, there could be one septillion stars in the sky. And that is one with 24 zeros after it. And here's the audacious claim of the Bible. Jesus created all of them. Our passage begins. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, right out of the gate, we read that the Word, who's later identified as Jesus in verse 17, is the ever-existing, all-powerful, divine creator of the universe. That's quite a claim, right? What the writer of John is doing here is first establishing that Jesus is part of a much bigger story, the bigger story, the creation of the universe, that he's part of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and he's the master craftsman behind the very formation of the universe. In fact, the exact words from the beginning of the Bible in Genesis are the exact words to begin this book, in the beginning. Thus, what our passage is saying is that Jesus is the powerful one who created the land and the sea. Jesus is the powerful one who separated night from day and day from night. Jesus is the powerful one who created Uh, All of the little and the big, bright and the beautiful things that bark, that fly, that run and roar. Jesus is the all-powerful one behind all of it. And not only does our passage attest to this, but so does the whole Bible, either directly or indirectly. We read in Colossians chapter 1, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things which we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and For him. He existed before anything else and he holds all things together. I love how theologian Frederick D. Bruner illustrates the awesomeness of this passage with this quote If we had a microscope powerful enough to see the most minute entities in creation, imagination suggests we might detect on them something like the imprint made by J.C. In fact, I believe our text is trying to tell us that all creation, including what is most internal to us, has the imprint, the shape, and the mark of the sun upon it. And that includes you, and that includes me. You see, the picture the Bible paints of Jesus is much bigger than the Jesus most of us even believe in today. Christ is the visible image, we read, of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. He holds all creation together. And this makes point two all the more staggering. As the very power that set the earth spinning and the stars glittering, Jesus is the very person who came to redeem you and me. Quote, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world, our passage reads. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh, and he made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and the only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Reading this passage, a few things stick out to me about the redeeming love of Jesus. First, it's a pursuing love. Jesus does not wait for us to get life right before he offers his life. The Bible says here in John 1, he came and he gave, indicating he was the one pursuing us long before we ever pursued him. Unlike all of the qualifiers that we or even others place in ourselves in order to be deemed lovable, Jesus does not wait for us to get a certain test score, a certain dress size, a certain job promotion, or a certain relationship status to extend his love. no. It's a pursuing love that comes and meets us right where we are. Second, it's an expansive love. Notice that the love of Jesus is offered to all, meaning no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, and no matter what you've done, the love of Jesus is big enough to redeem even you. Last year, I remember watching the varsity tryouts for the basketball team at our kids' school. And I'll never forget the day of the cuts. It just so happened I was driving a talented young man home with my kids that day. And he walked out of the building having not made it, having not made the cut. He sat in my back seat, quietly crying. And it was a gut-wrenching drive home. In total contrast to that story the good news is that in Jesus all who receive him and all who believe in him make the cut we become children of God the love of Jesus it's an expansive love and the third thing i want to say about this love that sticks out is it's a gritty love the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us Or as Eugene Peterson translated it, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Meaning, the creator of the cosmos gave up the highest of the high and descended to the lowest of the low because it cares about you and me. Yes, the real you and me with all of our frailties and failures. Perhaps the most powerful illustration I've recently come across of this gritty kind of love is the story of Dr. Richard Zeltzer's experience as a surgeon in his book, Mortal Lessons. Here's the story. I stand by the bed where a young woman lies, her face post-operative, her mouth twisted in palsy, clownish a tiny twig of the facial nerve the one the muscles excuse me the one to the muscles of her mouth it had been severed she was thus from now on like this the surgeon had followed with religious fervor the curve of her flesh i promise you that nevertheless to remove the tumor in her cheek i had to cut the little nerve her young husband is in the room. He stands on the opposite side of the bed and together they seem to dwell in the evening lamplight, isolated from me, private. Who are they? I ask myself. He and this wry mouth I have made who gaze at each other and touch each other so generously, greedily. And the young woman speaks. Will my mouth always be like this? She asks, Yes, I say, it will. It is because the nerve was cut. And she nods and she's silent. But the young man smiles. I like it, he says. It's kind of cute. And all at once I know who he is. I understand and I lower my gaze. One is not bold in an encounter. With a God. Unmindful of me, he bends to kiss her crooked mouth. And I am so close, I can see how he twists his own lips to accommodate hers to show her that their kiss still works. Friends, that's the image, if you will that we see of Jesus in John 1. In all of our brokenness, he descends and offers us all of his beauty. With all of his divinity, he enters all of our humanity to extend all of God's love to you and to me. So as we enter a new season and a new school year, I invite you to make... A new decision today. A decision to trust that the very power that set the earth spinning and stars glittering is the very person who came to redeem you and me and his name is Jesus. So whoever you are, I invite you to trust Jesus today. Wherever you are, I invite you to trust Jesus today. Whatever you are facing, I invite you to trust Jesus today. Don't rush into this new season or new school year and find yourself looking around, stopped, and asking, What am I missing? What have I forgotten? To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Friends, receive Jesus today. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this story, this opening story of the Gospel of John, it's so explosive with its claims that Jesus is the creator of all, the power behind it all, and yet he descends and cares about us. And God, I just, on behalf of my family and on behalf of our church, I say I believe and I receive this truth. And if that's where you find yourself today, saying, yes, I trust you, Jesus, Just say it with me. I trust you, Jesus, today. I make this decision. I trust in your power, and I trust in your redemption, and in my life, and in my home, and in my future. God, we thank you so much that we have this opportunity to be in a life giving everlasting relationship with you because of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for it's in his name we pray, amen.